Jason, uh, you and I have done this podcast for, let's think, let's pause a second. This July will be three years. That's insane. Isn't that crazy? So you and I have oftentimes disagreed on things. Mm-hmm. But on this particular topic, I stand with you fully. Fully, 100%. I'm behind you. You're my brother in Christ in this particular issue. What's my stance? Rachel should be with Joey. <laughs> yes! I was just watching Friends, and I was like, the ep- there was, it was like two episodes back to back, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can see their relationship flourishing. Why, why didn't they run with this? They, yeah. Stupid Ross. So a little bit about that. Is it does get a little bit awkward when he's in the hospital after uh, Rachel gives birth and um, he bends down and he accidentally grabs Ross's ring yeah. and like opens it and she says yes. Like that's a bit forced because the idea was gone by that point. So I disagree with that plot line, but everything leading like b- prior to that, before she moves out and back in. With Ross, Ross always treated her like crap. Ross is kind of a d bag. He is. I I'm just not. I am not part of that group of people. That group of Americans that thinks Ross and Rachel is like the best couple. They are not the best couple. No, definitely not. It would have been better for Joey and Rachel. I think so. Hundred percent. And then Ross can go hang out with whoever, like his dinosaur friends. Yeah, because I mean, Rachel was already into Joey because of you know the um, days of our lives. Yes. Yeah. Hey, you just finishing my sentences. Three years, and that's what we get. You finish it, my friend's sentences. <laughs> gonna be honest, I thought you were gonna go heavier than friends. <laughs> well, if you if we're quite honest with one another, we are kind of dive into a, a topic that it isn't talked about very much in the church, and which is kind of the reason why you're tuning in, is it not? You are listening to the the podcast. It's called Not Your Pastor's Podcast. When people ask me, Alex, what's your podcast about? I get this a lot too. What do we tell them? What do you I, tell them? I always I'm tell curious. them, like, you know, all those things your pastor won't say from the pulpit. And they're like, I can imagine. I'm like, we say them. Yeah. <laughs> and so that that's that's how I describe our podcast. So on the episode today, which is which is a really cool thing. To me, to think that we had a fan reach out to us. What's her name, Jason? Christina Spaeth. I knew the first part. I I forgot her last name. I'm sorry, Christina. (laughs) I'm just really bad with last names. Anyway, she reached out to us and said, hey, here's an episode idea. Why don't you guys do an episode on uh, the church and people with disabilities? And you and I both looked at each other simultaneously and said, that's great. Yeah, because it's one of those areas where we, I mean, I don't know a lot about, so I want to know more. And then it's one of those areas where I think uh, the church could do a better job. And, you know, we're not pastors. We don't have any professional training in that area. Um, But I think Christina is more than qualified. And that's what kind of ultimately came down. We're like, well, why don't you just come on the podcast? Because... From her email, which was very written, very well, very articulate, which when you learn that she's a speech therapist, it's kind of like, oh, well, yeah, we've I can gotten, see why. I just want to say we've gotten a ton of topic suggestions in email or on Facebook or on Twitter, and just keep them coming. And if you want to come on the show, like message us with a cool idea and you'll get invited on the show. 
Like if you're the person to talk we're, to we're about pretty it, easy in that yeah. regard. Well, I mean, I think this show is for, I mean, it's for everybody, obviously, but um, we don't get bogged down heavy with the theology. I listen to some podcasts, it's like, dude, I don't understand. Like, you gotta, you gotta break it down. <laughs> like, <laughs> you gotta come in uh, a little bit lower so I can understand what you're saying. <laughs> and... Oh, I mean, that's that's kind of the people I gear towards too. Is people like me who just love Jesus and and love God and want to grow in that situation and want to help people and help others and let's just do this thing. And I'm and geared learn. towards the people that think like me that Joey and Rachel should be together. <laughs> which I hope, Christina, that is your opinion because otherwise we we're going to delete her. the episode yeah. if not. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah, Christina. We need to know, should Joey and Rachel have been together? It's very important. We should ask all our guests that question. Hey, it's been a while since we've had a guest. <laughs> yeah, so this, uh, Christina holds the the first guest of 2019. She does. So that's that's really cool. And dear listener, I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode because you know, we can get bogged down in some of this stuff. Like we don't like, sometimes is it embarrassing to like to ask questions or to stare or like, how do we travel through this murky water of serving everybody made in God's image? Um, but Christina gives some really practical advice. Yeah. And if you have somebody in your church that's like this, uh, that has a disability, this episode's for you, this episode is for you, or maybe your church is, trying to see how they can get into this ministry and serving others uh, with disabilities, then this is also your episode. Yeah, I purposefully did not swear so people would be more obligated to share it, or less apprehensive, I should say. (laughs) Right. So sit back and listen to two guys who couldn't make it as pastors to save their life. No. We're saved by Jesus, but we couldn't save ourselves to be pastors. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> <That's> terrible. <laughs> because, dear listener, you have stumbled upon Not Your Pastor's Podcast, and this is not your pastor's There's People with Disabilities in My Church episode. Today we are here with Christina. Is it Spaith? Yes. Wow, right. nice. You are yes. good at pronouncing names. I, I am. I think it comes to all my years of playing NHL 94 on the Sega Genesis and learning every player. <laughs> Lots of nationalities, there especially are. in the Scandinavian countries and, yep. and the Russias. So, Christina, I'm excited to have you on because you sent us an email and you suggested a topic of disability in the church, and then you you wrote us like three or four paragraphs. <laughs> and as I was reading it, I was like, I think we need to have her on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also ended it with like, you can have someone else on. I don't really care. You just should know. <laughs> no, you you uh, you bring up a really interesting idea that I don't think it's talked about a lot. It's honestly, it's one that I don't. Yeah, I don't think about very and, green for me, and that makes that makes me want to learn about it and talk about it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So I have so many questions. Uh, oh, good. So why don't you give us a little bit of your background and why you you are qualified to talk about this topic? <laughs> I'm not even going to say maybe qualified. You are. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, so yeah, so my older sister has what's called Angelman syndrome, which is a genetic disorder. There's a mutation. Um, and what that means is that she's nonverbal, so she doesn't speak. Um, and she has a severe cognitive disability. Um, so cognition is like how you think and process and reason and plan. So she's severely disabled in that area. Um, so I've grown up with that. So I've been in that world with her. Um, and then thanks to her mostly, um, I also, I went to school for speech language pathology, which means speech therapy. Um, so I got my master's in that last year. And then since oh, then wow. I've been, a, I've been a birth to three speech therapist, um, in the County. So going, doing home visits and helping birth to three kids with like, you know, learning, like usually we get like a two-year-old who doesn't talk or kids with feeding problems or, you know, kids who they suspect autism, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, and then my fiance sister also has disability. And, um, yeah, it's just the world I've grown up in. <laughs> I don't know any different. <laughs> that's that's extremely interesting. As somebody who – I honestly can't think of anybody in my family who has any sort of disability like that. Like, I'm trying to think. Like, <laughs> of all the family reunions I went to, like, did this mm – -hmm. did I see anybody or, or something going on? And I can't honestly think about it. So, like, when you brought it up, it was like – are you when Jason read me your email? I was like, "Holy cow! I know <laughs> nothing about this, and this is something that is this is a real thing. Like this is something that should be talked about, especially in our churches. And hopefully, by the end of this episode, we'll, we will have all the answers. Yeah. <laughs> all of them. All of Every them. one of them. I think. I think in the church we do things without even without even realizing it, but. Um, well, everything's going so fast and mile a minute. You have to keep up with the culture and it's like, yes. holy cow. And yeah. then it's like, yeah. You get, I, well, and there's so much to do. Like it's, you know, there's so many different avenues to think about is you have to think about this person and that aspect and this cultural thing and this topic and this group. And it's just, there's always, make sure the there's always sports more. is going well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like up to, I think, I think the statistic is 20% of Americans have a disability of some kind, I think. Because um, that ranges in, in various uh, severities? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That okay. can include, I mean, there's elderly adults who have had a stroke. There's, you know, kids with autism. There's all the syndromes, uh, different physical impairments, all that stuff. So it's more common than we think, but it's also still hidden unless you're in the world already kind right. of thing. Yeah, I know for me, I, I married into a family with um, my brother-in-law. He's got uh, he's got autism and he's about my age in his okay. in his 30s. And from the outside, he looks he looks perfectly. He looks like any other person would look. There's mm -hmm. nothing that would key. I mean, if you were watching really close and you saw the way he walked or or the way he carried himself, you could tell maybe there was something. But personality wise, he's he's on the level of. Uh, eight to 12 year old. Um, so it's kind of, uh, we're watching it with our kids right now. Cause our oldest is 10 and yeah. we've, we've watched, um, younger cousins grow up cause I've, I've been around for 15 years now and the younger cousins, they get to the age where they're just clicking and hitting on all cylinders. They're into the same things. And then they, and then all of a sudden, you know, they outgrow them 
and mm-hmm. the next comes in. And I, I know for because my wife grew up with him and she saw the way he could be treated, especially in mm-hmm. school. Um, it made school not not just tough on him, even though he graduated. Um, yeah, it, it made uh, school tough on her and her brother and, and family. And uh, yeah, um, I, fr- I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I the only the only early recollection I have, and this is going to make me sound like such a total jerk, uh, <laughs> is. I really, I don't know what it was. I really loved the movie Rain Man. Yep. <laughs> and like, that was like my only like introduction to it because like I said before, like my, the only family, I didn't have any family with any, any type of disability like that. And so like I watched the yeah. movie Rain Man, it was almost like being like, Oh, what's going on with Dennis? That, what's going on with Dennis Hoffman? Yeah. What's really interesting. You're, you are not alone in that at all. So like about the late, was when the definition for autism really was expanding and becoming more known. So by the time Rain Man came out, most people, that was their only exposure or their first exposure to autism. And so after like in those years when kids were being diagnosed, they were like, oh, like the Rain Man thing, you know, that that was incredibly common. I have never called it the Rain Man thing. Okay. I just want to make that clear. (laughs) I, I remember I I regained my train of thought. Um, you being <laughs> you being a speech therapist, I know when our kids were right around that age, they're they're one two years old, and we I mean we kept such an eye on them. Like, mm-hmm. are are they going to develop autism or not? And it was kind of kind of scary. There it was touch and go. Like if they're a little bit behind developmentally, we were mm-hmm. you know we were trying to pick up on the signs and stuff just because we know how hard yeah. it can be. To, right. To... And we have a lot of parents who like when their kid's not talking, that that's oh, a good chunk of the time. That's the first thing they ask. And for us who's used, you know, we know the signs we're used to the kids. We're like either, you know, we might say, mm, you know, there's a couple red flags, but usually it's like, no, not even close. Like for us, it's really obvious. But, yeah. you know, for it's not always for parents and they're always thinking like, OK, what could it be? What could it be? Yeah. Yeah. You try to prepare yourself and then you hope mm-hmm. for the best and. Oh, man, but man, we we absolutely love James. We always say he's going to outlive us all. And <laughs> he's he's just like he's always got innocent child with him. Always. Mm-hmm. And he always speaks exactly what's on his mind. <laughs> yep. Which is sometimes uh, inappropriate, but often very refreshing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I got to tell a story real quick. So um, when uh, um, right after Jess and I got married. Um, somebody, I think it was a coworker cause it's a family run business, but they asked, um, they asked James, they said, Hey, Hey James, when do you think you're going to be an uncle? And he goes, well, I know Jason and Jess are married, so they've gotten to at least first base, but I don't think Jason's made it all the way home yet. <laughs> and so... Uh, a few years later, after Oliver, our first is born, we're at the hospital and James walks up to me. He puts his arm around me and pats me on the shoulder. He goes, you finally made it home. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best brother-in-law you can oh, yeah. ask for. <laughs> Good job. Good job, buddy. I'm so proud yeah. of you. Yeah, you didn't congratulate yeah. me like that. I didn't know you. Well, my, yeah. <laughs> my sister is kind of, so, um, the, yeah, I kind of want to hear more about a, your sister. 
So she, okay, so I'm going to use a phrase that some people don't like. So there's something that they sometimes use called like a mental age or like a cognitive age, which kind of gives you an idea of where they're at. Um, so my sister is about like similar to a three-year-old. Um, and so obviously like she's not completely like a three-year-old, like she doesn't like those like TV shows for little kids. She can do you know, hard puzzles and stuff, but like her thinking skills are kind of along that line. So she's very much like, oh, and she's so like, it's actually a characteristic of her syndrome that she's super happy and super loving and really aggressively loving. <laughs> um, <laughs> she loves so many hugs and kisses. She likes anybody who comes near her. Um, she gets lots of smiles and stuff. So she's very fun to have around. Now she's also has major meltdowns and tantrums. So that's not fun because she's, you know, a 200 pound adult woman. So that is not super fun. Um, but um, it's, you know, it makes definitely the, the whole, uh, you look at the world very differently when you're looking through her lens, which is, you know, oh, look, there's a human, there's a friend. And like, oh, look, there's a dog. And like, this is so cool. And like, oh, I really, you know, like, I really want ice cream right now. <laughs> she loves ice cream a lot. Um, and so, um, so that's been fun and challenging, but like with my, she adores my fiance just so much. She loves him so much. Um, and so like, I have pictures of like, well, he and I will be sitting holding hands and her hand is right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> and like, if we sit down next to each other, she will sit right in the middle and cuddle us both. <laughs> so, that's awesome. Yeah. That is yeah. awesome. So I so to kind of get into the the meat and potatoes of the episode here. So yeah. what have, what has some of what has been some of your experiences in the world of church with your sister? Um yeah, so also quick quick caveat. I myself do not have a disability. I do not speak for those who have a disability. I mean because my sister is nonverbal, I'm very used to advocating and speaking for her, but my experiences are mine you know, with her and everybody's so different. So some people may have similar to mine. Many, many, many people won't. So this is just kind of where I'm coming from. Um, but she's pretty, she's okay in church. <laughs> it depends on the day. Um, she definitely, she'll sit and like cuddle and like lay on you and like play musical chairs with everybody. Um, and usually sit pretty well. She like colors and stuff, but she'll make noise, you know, during prayers and sermons and stuff. Um, and then there was one, she's better now, but there was one time last year she had the worst tantrum meltdown in church and oh, it was, oh, it was awful. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, everyone was very kind around us, but that was a little rough. Um, but her involvement in church is pretty, it's pretty limited. Like she comes with my, my dad, and my mom, um, we went to the same church through most, yeah, like up until I was, I think in college. Um, so everyone knew her. Um, and then they just went to, um, my parents started going to a different church where some of her friends from their special needs baseball league started going to, um, which has been really cool. Cause the priest there actually had like, he had done a sermon about disability and one of the young men she knows has cerebral palsy and uses a wheelchair and he like ushers and they get him involved. And there's another friend she has who's there. Um, so it was a very, it was a lot less scary to go to that church than most churches. Um, just because you, you know, there's that whole thing of church of like, it's a sacred space and people are, you know, you're supposed to be quiet during prayers and you're supposed to let people think and worship. And when you have someone who's loud or moves around a lot or might 
start kissing people. You know, you, you don't want to like, <laughs> you don't want you feel like you're invading their space. But since we knew this church had already had some, some of that um, community in it, it was like, oh, okay, so we'll probably be okay here. Um, and she's done pretty well, other than the one meltdown, which who knows what that was from. <laughs> who knows? No one knows. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so um, I know that I had talked to my parents recently about this, and they had said in hindsight they really wish she had been able to be more involved in church. Um, so, like, she didn't go to Sunday school, um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I think, you know, they had said, like, oh, we should, you know, getting, like, someone who could sit with her one-on-one maybe to, like, to go through Sunday school so she could do something when she was a kid, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so, um so yeah, so it's not, I mean, I have, we haven't had like super, super bad things. There was one time, one time that a guy who we're not sure who, we're not, we think he was there for like a baptism or something. So we don't think he went there, but he asked, she was acting up and she said, he told my mom to get her out of there mm. and that was not great, yeah. <laughs> but you know, and if you ask my mom, I mean, she will rant about that. Like it happened yesterday and it was like 20 years ago. But overall, it's been okay. But there's definitely a lot to be desired. <laughs> so, what, what, approximately what size church do you think um, on a typical Sunday one, morning? The one we were at was, I think the membership was 400, and then probably at each service was 80 to 100, depending on the. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they get they get used to to having her in service with her. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, they got used to her, and again, she's really happy and smiley, so she's easy to like, uh, which helps a lot. <laughs> yeah. So there's not a lot of new faces coming in and revolving like a like a seeker sensitive or a seeker friendly oh, church yeah. would do. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was pretty. There was. There was new people. Yeah. There was new people, but not like you said. It was very. You know, mostly established families that we'd known for you know, knew her her whole life, or at least most of it. And some of them had worked with her in school, which was cool, too. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I know I give our, the old church that we used to go to, I always I always <laughs> speak very negatively against them. But one thing they did really well is they catered to people with disabilities really well. They had a whole deaf ministry. And oh, wow. I forget how many people would show up on a typical Sunday, anywhere between like five and 10 from the deaf community would come and we had translator. My wife, she knows sign language and she did translating for a while, um, which she wasn't very good at sign language and they let her know it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of, kind of funny, uh, a little st- stressful on her part. Um, yeah. But then there's a number of kids with autism, so it just wasn't out of the normal to to have stuff flare up in church. Yeah. Um, oh, that's Yeah, that's good to hear cuz there are there are churches like that out there that have more people for whatever reason, you know, it could be just where they are or the families they have. Yeah, I I always kind of worry a little bit about um churches that are <laughs> Man, I what's the best way to put this? Um <laughs> extremely gospel oriented, which is a good thing, but their, their whole focus is to get as many people, the gospel as possible, which sometimes Uh, it's easy to overlook the individual, 
when you yeah, do that. Yeah, the numbers game. Yeah, so yeah. you're trying to get as many people in as you can, and you cut corners in a lot of areas because you're trying yeah. to appeal. Like, I started, uh, I looked up this hashtag, and it's an old hashtag. It's hashtag disability in church. Um, okay. On Twitter. And just to see the different things that people, like, people with asthma and, <laughs> and like, wanting the Pe- church to turn off the smoke machine so they could participate in worship and the church is like no we need that for the band oh my god we need the smoke machine we can't turn the smoke machine <laughs> off and reading other articles on just different things like um you know trying to keep the auditorium as silent as possible for the live stream they don't want anything to interrupt oh. the live stream because yeah. people are and you know what it's got its it's got its pluses and its minuses like the live stream could be very good for people mm-hmm. who can't make it to to church or people who would have the apprehension of being a disruption even though um i think most people would be accepted more than not but um i hate the idea of cutting off services to people uh not allowing yeah. them to participate in in yeah. a physical setting an effort to get the gospel out there to the majority of right. people i think it's easy to look overlook people right and that was what was so frustrating is like there's it's most so many people just don't talk about disability in general and that includes in church um and it's you know it's it's they're not ignoring it, but like, it feels like it kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like the, the priest at the church they're at now had done a sermon of, you know, we're all children of God and some children of God worship differently and some may make more noise than others. And that's fine. And that was really encouraging to hear is that like, not only were they making a environment um, open to people with different abilities, but like they, they also let the congregation know and were, you know, trying to educate the congregation too, because the pastor can do some stuff on their own, but you have to, it's a, it's a whole church. You're all in it together kind of thing. Um, you're all one body and all that stuff. I bet it, I bet it makes church shopping challenging. Challenging. It's probably got to <laughs> limit the number of churches. Yeah. We tried to avoid if, if the church was too small, then she's too. Then we were like, oh, she's too noticeable if she acts up. Mm. But if it's too big and too loud, then she might get overstimulated. Yeah. But um, you know, well, if it's if we, you know, if it's too quiet, then that's you know. But we we had joked too. We would take her to like one of the kind of more like gospel choiry churches because uh, then she stands up or yells and no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it, it's intimidating. Like, I think the article I'd sent you was like the um, the pre-apology that everyone, you know, have, is so ingrained, which is that like you automatically, when you see another person, you just say sorry for whatever's going to happen with your person. Mm. Um, and, you know, and it's just it's just so ingrained. It's like, I'm sorry, you know, they whatever they do, sorry, you know, kind of thing. Um, and that goes with churches, too. It's like, I'm sorry they'll tap you or I'm sorry they'll yell during prayer, and you know, that kind of thing. Um, it's just, it's very ingrained (laughs) everywhere. Yeah. I caught myself doing that with James a lot, like letting people know if we have newcomers come over for a birthday party, um, Hey, he's, you know, just let a, letting them know. But, um, his, his isn't so severe where, um, Mm -hmm. you just don't fit. He just fits right in. (laughs) I mean, he'll, he'll talk your ear off. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> specifically about video games, specifically Sonic. He's, he's all about the Sonic. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and there's some, and there's all different ranges of abilities. Like my sister, it's really obvious pretty quick. Uh, my fiance's sister, um, so she was adopted from Romania when she was four, so her stuff is all from neglect. Um, and so she has more of a moderate cognitive disability, so thinking more maybe like third grade-ish level. Um, and so she, in a casual conversation, can actually you know, a lot of people at first glance don't know that she has anything going on, um, which for us who know her, we're like, what, how do you, what? Um, but in just that casual setting, you know, she can, you know, she can do quite well. And, you know, and she's, she's able to sit through church. Um, she doesn't like sitting through the sermons. Those are a little bit too much. Um, so she works in the nursery and she's very happy and, you know, and she's great there. She has her job. She loves the kids. So, um, there's a lot more, like you were saying, like not noticing or like kind of that invisible sort of disability where you don't notice right away. That's, you know, that's definitely in the church or in the in the population, too, along within the church is, you know, you don't know if someone has ADHD or something like that yeah. or asthma. Yeah. And you should turn off the smoke machines. It's <laughs> so dumb. It's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, that one caught my eye because two of my kids have asthma. It's like, yeah, yeah there's certain things that they can't participate in. Like, right. we don't want them running around the gym a lot, like, because right. it could trigger something, especially in the winter. Right. Our, um, they do, like, uh, I, I don't know what they technically call them, like, a color run, but they have, like, color wars oh, where they yeah. throw, like, the... I mean, don't do that. Yeah, that that right, one, right. Could, that one uh, could not go over so right, well. Let's, let's throw powder at them while they run. <laughs> Good. I mean, and, the, uh, you know, kids love it and they have a blast. It's just... You have to tell them, hey, we can't participate in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You think you experience, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like trials or hardships in the church world or the secular world? Are people less understanding or more understanding? Or is, is the culture getting better as a whole? Definitely getting better as a whole. So I was thinking today, so it was only um, in 1975 that kids with disabilities were federally federally required to be educated in the public schools, (laughs) which was like 45 years ago, I think. Um, And then the whole really, it wasn't really refined until 1992, which was the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act. Um, You know, that was when a lot more of the stuff that we're familiar with, like IEPs and everything was more refined which is super recent. Like that's the year about when our sisters were born with me, and my fiance, like it's super recent. Um, and so before that time, like the seventies, pretty much no one really knew anyone with a disability. Probably. Um, some families were able to keep their children, but most it was common to you sent them to an institution because it was deemed better for the family, better hmm. for the person, you know, whatever it was, was just Rain you know, send them off. Problem. Uh, well, yeah. well he tried to hurt, they thought he was going to hurt, Charlie. Right. And so they sent him away. Yep. And that was very common. And so it was, you know, only about 40 years ago that they're like, oh, hmm. And there was some, also some stuff coming out about certain institutions that were awful. Um, and so, and then in the last like 10 years or so, um, was when, is now when there's really a push for like inclusion, like getting kids, not just only shoving them into a special ed room, um, in the basement, but like actually involving them with their peers and trying to keep them in classes. So as a whole, the culture is absolutely improving. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think 
it's hard for me to notice the trials. Like I think, cause well, one, like I know, I know people stare, but I'm so used to it that I don't notice. And sometimes I do, but like usually not. Um, and people are varying degrees of understanding. Usually they just kind of stare or kind of look awkwardly if there's something weird going on or, you know, whatever. Um, probably in the church world, I think it's been okay. Again, I've been in a church with her where they've known her for yeah. her whole life. So most are fine. Um, and so as a, as a whole, I don't know what everybody's experiences have been. Um, I know I found a statistic that I could not back up because of course, um, is that there's something like 80% of families with a person with a disability don't regularly attend church. Hmm. And I, I don't know if that's like people who would other who are religious or people who are Christian or I don't know who they surveyed, but anecdotally that doesn't sound that far off. Um, like there's just, you know, there's a lot of barriers of, it could be medical barriers, but also like that fear of rejection and that fear of, you know, bothering people, yeah, which sounds really maybe. dumb, but yeah. Um, and so you know, I th again, I think as a whole, things have gotten better. I would say, I would say that the church isn't remarkably better than society. I think I could say that. About the same. I would say about the same. Obviously, everyone has different experiences and different this, things. This kind of reminds me of when I was, when Shauna and I first started doing foster care and we had our, our, our yeah. baby and it was fun. I thought it was funny when people would look at us, especially there was this little boy who I could just see him trying to calculate and do the math. How does this white family have this black baby? And, mm -hmm. and it, it was just, it was just funny to me because I could just see him struggling with it in his eyes. Like he just couldn't, Aww. he couldn't make it work. But I was like, <laughs> I love this little girl. She's ours right now. Yep. And I'm just proud, just walking around the mall. And so, but like, I feel like I, I got the full spec or I, I didn't, I got the both ends of the spectrum with that. I got the, oh my gosh, you guys are so sweet. How awesome. And then I also got the stairs. Yep. Yeah. And so yep. Yep. I was like, I didn't know what to do with it. I just kind of just move forward. This is what we got. This is what we're working with here. Um, so, yep, man, I remember being like five or six years old and I like this woman got so mad at me, this mom. And I was little. I didn't know any better. Uh, her daughter had, um, I don't know if it was like a burn or something on her on her face. Okay. And yeah. I was staring. I was five or six years old. I was really curious. Yep. Not that I had any hurtful or evil intent. I just I'd never seen anything like that before. And mm -hmm. it was in Burger King at lunchtime. And that mom <laughs> went off on me. And it's still to this day. Oh, my like, goodness. Oh, my gosh. Like, Oh, we were, we were so, with my dad oh. on the weekend and he's like, no, 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 you don't like, she's like, don't you teach your kids not to stare? And, uh, and who knows what kind of day she was having. Um, oh. But yeah, I, it's, I wish he hadn't done. I mean, I don't know, obviously her, but I know that one thing I've tried to portray to people is that especially with kids, kids are so curious and that's not bad. But when you're telling kids, don't point, don't stare, don't do anything, then they never ask questions or learn. They just get told, okay, don't point, don't stare. And that's where that, as adults, where that comes from of like, you're not maliciously ignoring it, but you don't know how to handle what you're seeing. And so you just don't. 
And so I wish more parents, you know, on both sides would be willing of like, oh, hey, I noticed you, you know, you're looking, do you want to come play with my son? Or, you know, he has, you know, this burn or what, you know, when he was a kid and, um, or he uses a wheelchair because of this reason kind of thing. Like, I wish that was more, uh, a norm in the culture of like, no, you can ask questions because that's how you learn yeah. and how you do better <laughs> and work with people. Oh man. Like that, that, that honestly is some really good advice. That's something I'll, I'm going <laughs> to be honest, Christina, I'm going to take that. I'm going to use that. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I just thinking about that, cause I've, I've seen things and I'm almost like, I don't want to ask almost. Mm-hmm. And so like, I don't know. Man, it's tough because I like sometimes I'm like I don't know like you 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 person are already kind of dealing with this like do I need to do right. I need to bring this up do I need to ask questions right and there is a balance there is a right time and place for things and a right way to phrase things yeah. <laughs> you know um, it just depends yeah but well I think this might be a good point for us to regroup take a break (laughs) and we will come back and Christina will give us some more words of wisdom Jason five star review time yes the people have heard our call and they wanted blessings rain down upon them so they left us five star reviews and blessings you shall receive I'm sure these people have already are they're already being blessed Mainly because Apple is weird about giving us our reviews on time. Like sometimes it'll say that you have this many five-star reviews. And then like you read and it's like, well, it doesn't, I'm not seeing any comments written. So it's weird. So if you've left us a review a while ago and we're just getting to it, we're sorry. We're sorry. But we are going to read them. As soon as Apple iTunes or as soon as the podcast app lets us see them, we are going to read them. All right. Read it. Read it. Read it. So, this one says, put it on your list. And this is from Browneye8807, which is the year I graduated. Not to name drop, but I heard of this show from the Inglorious Pastors podcast. Hi, Michael. (laughs) And after one episode, I had to subscribe. Great content, great hosts, great guests, and a format that flows and is awesome to listen to. The titles always throw me off, and I love it. Like, rubbing out a porn episode. It's always not quite what you expect. I know, right? They discuss in a matter of which you get a feel for their views and opinions, but lay it out in a way where it's open to your own and you don't have feel have to feel obligated to agree to keep listening. Oh, I love that. I love that line. Good job, Brown Eye. Just a couple of great heretical guys providing a fun and interesting <laughs> and intriguing show. Thanks, Brown Eye 8807. Yeah. Yeah, dude, we don't get everything right, and I don't want you to believe everything exactly the way I say it, because sometimes I'm even unsure as it's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> and that's why great his grace is sufficient. Yes. Absolutely. So, Jason, you want to get back in this episode? Yeah, probably should. Let's do this. guys we are back with christina the very perfect person to talk to about this subject of disability in the church 
Uh, It's been a rip-roaring conversation thus far, and Jason is going to bring it all down by reading something from Martin Luther. I'm gonna I'm gonna crash it because (laughs) I was totally caught off guard by both Matthew Henry and Martin Luther. I was raised Lutheran, so be careful. Well, I'll I'll start with Matthew Henry because Matthew Henry. It's it's definitely dated, but we I mean we were yeah. talking before the break about culture and how cultures come around, but I want to show people where it was at, particularly in the church. So Matthew Henry, um, famous Bible commentator, it's like the first. Yeah, I got rid of them. Did you? Sorry, they're hard to read. They are hard to I read. I didn't really like them. No, <laughs> but it's like the first. No. Especially an evangelical background, it's like the first commentary set anybody recommends because it's cheap and a you know full Bible. Matthew Henry. <laughs> anyway, in his commentary on John nine, he includes the statement about one of the benefits of Jesus healing the man born blind. He says the cure of this blind man was a kindness to the public, enabling him to work for his living, who before was a charge and a burden to the neighborhood. It is a noble and generous and Christ-like to be willing to serve the public, even when we are slighted and disobliged by them, or think ourselves so. So what do you do with all the people that don't get healed that love Jesus? I I found, I found on one of the disability, like there was like a, some blog or something and there was uh at some church there's a picture of the handicapped parking sign and it had the little symbol and it said waiting to be healed and i'm like oh i don't like that yeah that's that's not correct do you think, and like the, oh go ahead continue no, you go. <laughs> no i was like do you think churches that have such a big emphasis on physical healings do you think they help or hurt uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, I would say, so the way that culture is going, it's very much going towards acceptance. And when you feel that you, you are, you are only praying to God to take away blank, this, this, you know, say you have, uh, I don't know, spina bifida and you use a wheelchair and all you do is pray for this. If it doesn't happen, that means your faith in God, it feels like, oh, he's, it's just disappointing. He's not answering your prayers. He doesn't care about you blank, 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 blank. Um, and it's also not that realistic, you know, it, it, I mean, obviously with faith, there's a dose of not, you know, you're not being completely you know, realistic per se, but it's just not a healthy preoccupation. We'll say, um, I have been, I will say when you have someone with a disability in your family or you're with them, you get prayed for a lot. <laughs> Like, holy cow, like, um, but I've been lucky in that we've never been prayed, you know, we never prayed that my sister gets healed or becomes not disabled, I guess. Um, it's a lot of, you know, praying just for our family and for, you know, our journey together and that kind of thing. So that's appreciated, but probably not just saying like, oh, well, just wait, like you're going to get healed someday because we're going to pray really hard for you. Oh, it gives, gives people a false hope. I, I don't yeah. like the people who say, well, the reason why they're not healed is because you didn't have enough faith. And I've <gasps> heard people say that to me before. And <sighs> I said, go get away from me right now. Because <laughs> I'll Jesus it's, punch yeah. you in the face. <laughs> wait, wait to censor, Alex. I did I censor myself. You did. Okay. Get, get thee behind me. Uh, get behind me, Satan. All right. I'll <laughs> read this other one from Martin Luther. Um, 
This one's really interesting. Okay. He says, um, oh, I don't know how to pronounce these cities, so I'm going to sound like an idiot. But um, Fast and with confidence. Martin Luther, uh, when writing about a boy he observed in Dassault, from the description, the boy had significant disabilities. But Luther identified this boy as a changeling, uh, demon-possessed. Our being Satan has placed in what otherwise would have been a normal child. This is just one of the many possible definitions of changeling. Regardless of a changeling was considered something other than... uh, Sorry. I thought that was Uh, something from Star Wars. That is just one of many possible definitions of a changeling. Regardless, a challenge... Uh, a changeling, I keep, I want to say challenging because <laughs> it's really hard to say. Ch- uh, a changeling was considered something other than or less than human. Upon identifying this boy as a changeling, Luther reported to have written, So I said to the prince of Anhalt, if I were the prince, I should take the child to the Moldo River, which, which flows near the Desso, and drown him. That's bad. So he comes across a boy who's disabled, and because he would be such a burden onto his family, his his advice is to drown him. Yeah. Now, I remember from different church history classes that you and I have been a part of, or just mainly just pastor friends talking to us about the early church, that the early church used to take in people... Now, I'm, I'm talking way early, like right. 20 years after Jesus early. They used to take in people with disability because their families would reject them. And Christianity became known as the people like the rejects, essentially. Yes. And I'm not in in agreement, but yeah. Well, and that's, that's what Jesus did. I mean, he, he ministered to the the lame and the blind and the crippled and the sick. I mean, the people that were cast off and no one wanted, and they were on the side of the road begging or whatever, that's who he went to. So we have that as a model, but yeah, after a certain point, it stopped. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not. I don't read those comments from Matthew Henry or Martin Luther to say that. Um, it's a different time. They, it, didn't, it's have, a they didn't have the yes. medical knowledge. <laughs> so I don't want to like. Very long way. <laughs> I don't want anybody to. I think the worst thing you could do is see where somebody's at in this area and shut them off entirely and just right. not read or find anything useful. But you do. It, it is it. a different culture. It is. You do still find little fringes of that, though, um, with um, in terms of mental illness. There are still some of those fringes that are like, oh, must be a demon. And you're like, what? Yes. Yeah. That's schizophrenia. That's a we know what that is, you know. So you do. Luckily, not often, but you, there's occasionally little fringe elements in there. But um, we have come a very, very long way. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> yeah. It- I think it speaks to something too, like we're all created in the image of God, right? Mm-hmm. I have that written down. Yeah, even <laughs> yeah, our disabilities and all. And so, to to see somebody with a disability and say they are less is is insane. Are it must be a demon? <laughs> like that's crazy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's times when I'll agree that it might be a demon, but most of the time, probably not. Like when they start speaking in different languages that you know that they've never, ever been, had the ability to speak, that's probably a demon. I'm thinking back to our episode with Nathan. Yeah, (laughs) we've had had some episodes where people have had encounters with demons. There's one with Ernesto. Yeah. 
um, but he said that that woman knew his name <laughs> and started and he, saying his sins, and, and he's like, "Yeah, okay." You, he you, was in yeah remote India, <laughs> and this cool. this woman didn't know how to speak English, but yet spoke clear English to him and knew personal details. He well, hadn't well ever he had told said he had about. said earlier that the first woman that they brought to him clearly had a mental illness. Yes. Right. And then the the next one was just like, okay, it's probably another mental illness, you know, somebody with me- a mental illness, and then it wasn't. Yeah, because he he had believed that demons possession didn't exist. Right. Um, he had believed there's just people with disabilities, schizophrenia, or something right. else. Right. But when when it got super super personal and up close, that that was a game. <laughs> I think I think that would be yeah. a deciding factor. Yeah. E- yeah. Everything before that point is probably a mental illness. Let's let's handle this correctly. No, I wanted to point out too, um, I think I've mentioned this before from my short one week in Jordan that had such an impact on my life that I always Sounds bring like it. Sounds like a movie. It is. That one time in Jordan, that's what I get a lot at church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but our missionary was walking me, well, I mean, we were just walking around Amman, which is a giant city. He's like, you notice any disabled people around? Any at all i was like no not since we've been here i was like this is insane like there's no disabled people he's like that's because they're either shut into their homes or they're they're taken care of meaning they were they were killed at a young because it's an honor shame culture and if you were born or developed a disability um it was considered taboo or sinful like you must have done something wrong as a family to incur that that sin and that t- sticks you right into the time frame of Jesus in the gospels. Yep. Yeah. Same like it's yeah, we forget so easily in America because you know, America, the, you know, a lot of countries in, in the world have come, you know, very far from that, but it's, you know, you have to remember that that's still, I think there, I'm, well, I might be wrong. I think there's still some tribes that if a person is albino, that they kill them. I think I might be wrong, um, but like it's hard, you know, we've come so, you know, we've come away from that so far that it's, it's so, it's, it's a very like ugh, reminder, like, oh, like there's a whole world out there with a lot of different views of disability, a lot of different views. Yeah. I will say too, that that same missionary, or, you know, better or worse. Um, one of the things that he started doing over there was going into, um, remote little towns and villages. Once you get outside of the giant city of Amman, it gets very sparse very quickly. And you go around to these different villages and he was trained as a physical therapist and you do physical therapy for free without charge. And uh, they thought it was insane. They couldn't believe such a gesture of love. Like, why would you come to us? Like they're like literally moved away from the city because of the shame of somebody who is disabled, having that in their family. And he would go and just be like, I'm here in the name of Jesus. And I mean, and he would reach so many people yeah. that way. Um, That's awesome. Just literally doing what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. There's yeah, there's, there's the, the medical teams that go and perform cleft lip and cleft palate surgeries in other countries, you know, even just stuff like that is huge for the person. Like, you know, I've said a lot of times that like, I'm, really we're really lucky this sounds kind of awful but like that my sister is really cute and happy because that people gravitate towards that but people with maybe uh 
facial differences or different physical disabilities, it's there's a lot of stigma because you can see it right away mm. and it looks different. And sometimes it doesn't look pleasant to our eye per se. Um, you know, it's, it's a very big difference. And so that makes it that make that's a whole other level of stigma that we haven't had to experience really. Yeah. Yeah. So, Christina, I have to ask this yes. question as we're because we're coming up on an hour. Oh, we, yes. No, we still got some time. We, I know we have some time, but I know that this 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 last thought is going to take up a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm preparing everybody. I love talking. <laughs> so what do you think, as far as the church in 2019, like, like, let's just say, in, for instance, there's a pastor listening to this, which there's probably not many. Um <laughs> <laughs> or somebody in somebody in their church, and they they maybe have they maybe have somebody in their church family that has a disability, and their church really maybe hasn't done very much about it, or maybe they're just curious as to how they can serve people in their community who may have disability disabilities. What maybe is like a first step that they can take, and maybe some things that they can implement in their church in order to to better serve those people. Yeah, um, definitely the biggest one, the absolute biggest, biggest, biggest one is talk to those people, uh, which sounds really silly. (laughs) Like, that's it. Mind blown. Um, (laughs) um, There was in the church, the synod we were part of, like, Oh, this was a couple decades ago. Um, they had a they the the region of churches decided to create a committee on disability uh, and included no one with a disability or no family members of people with disabilities on the committee. <laughs> so we're like, well, that's point. Like my mom had emailed, it's like, oh, I'll you know I'll help, and they're like, no. Well, two things wrong. Like, Let's form a committee is one, and then two, well, don't yes. <laughs> add anybody on the committee. So whatever. <laughs> yes. So yeah. So talking to the people, like I said, I do. I do not. I speak for me. And my experiences, I do not speak for every anyone else. Um, and so you have to talk to those people. Some of them you might know offhand. So like some of the differences that are more obvious, like person who uses a wheelchair or maybe who has Down syndrome, talking to that person um, and then their family or caregiver if you need to um, and saying like, hey, you know, um, is there any way that we can help support your participation in church or something like that? you know, and just start, you know, starting a conversation. Hopefully you already have a relationship with that person. If not, maybe don't like hard start with that, but you could, um, and just listen and see what they have to say. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I know some people are intimidated of, they don't know what terms to use. They don't know. Yeah, that was a question. Uh, I had. Questions. Yeah. And I mean, it's mo- most people, not everyone, but most people are happy to let you know you know, what, you know, it's like, you know, what, what terms to use or the, if you have questions, a lot of times they'll be happy to answer because someone is talking to them and listening to them and helping them kind of thing. I think a lot of times we're like really afraid of offending somebody. And then what happens is we don't say anything at all. We just, right. We don't reach out. We don't, because we, we don't want to like stir anything up. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Yep. That's I me. understand. Yeah. I, I'm usually like that too, but gotta push past that <laughs> well my defense mechanism is comedy and i don't think that would be a, a good thing but you want you do want to be real with the person you don't want to be like this stiff weird formal robot of like excuse me how can we better serve you in our church and how can we help you participate more fully in the life of christ like that's weird but if you're you know you can <laughs> your, your robot more... voice is on point <laughs> <laughs> 
Affirmative. Um, <laughs> well, I can't I can't do as many voices as a, a certain someone who reads Bible verses in Gollum voices. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Um, and then the other part of that is also talking to your congregation as well. So kind of like the priest at my parents' church um, had done, I know other pastors had done, even if it's not an official sermon, but like making, building that awareness of, you know, you can work with local organizations too, of like like Special Olympics or group homes or something and, you know, inviting them to your church, letting them know it's an open space and letting your congregation know too, you know, however you see fit. Um and building awareness, maybe giving them some resources or something like that, or like, oh, I'm you, you know, just something like that. Um, it's very important. The communication is big because that's my life. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's a huge part. Um, I know that there's sometimes I had mentioned, I think in the email is that a lot of times churches don't aren't confronted with this until like a really prominent family might have someone with a disability. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Bef- you know, as, as best as you can, you know, before that, before the pastor has a foster son with shaken baby syndrome, before uh, one of the elders' children uses a you know, wheelchair for whatever reason, you know, that kind of thing, um, is, you know, making that already a space that if those things happen, it's still okay. We're still, you know, the warm, loving, supportive body of Christ, like people with people with disabilities and their families need that support. So, I mean, everyone does, but they really need that support. Like the divorce rate among parents with kids with disabilities is high. Mm. It's like, uh, again, statistic I can't back up, but I think it's like 80% or something. Um, and so they need that support. And then the person too, you don't know what they're, you can't assume what they're going to get out of church. Um, like my, fiance sister like she can tell you the basic facts of church but she really loves having her job at the nursery my sister likes seeing people and that's her experience with church that's what she gets out of it but those are still valuable things and you can't assume that someone's not going to get you know something out of church just because they might not be able to have a theological debate about some passage with you kind of thing um also don't assume (laughs) with the talking to people don't assume that they are cognitively disabled. Um, so what I mean by that is like, there's people who use wheelchairs who get talked to like they're four. Mm. Uh, they might be typical cognitively. So, you know, don't, don't, you know, just go with an open heart, open mind, asking questions, talking to them and, you know, kind of adjusting as you can. Um, yeah. How do we, um, encourage participation in like a gathering instead of like, I don't want to come off as like, um, these are just people to be ministered to, but right. How do we let They're them, part of the family? Yeah. How do we let them minister? Yeah. So the way I was thinking about it was how I'm, I'm not a pastor either. So I'm assuming how pastors notice other people, people in their congregations, gifts and abilities. So noticing, uh, someone was talking that they really love singing, you know, in this group. Oh, would you be interested in worship team? So it's, it's that noticing and getting to know people. That's a really important part is getting to know the person. Yeah. So like, you know, my, my fiance sister is, you know, she loves working with kids. So nursery, um, I have, uh, there's another kid I know who, um, has some different stuff and he's really good with tech. So he does tech stuff. Um, that kind of thing. So it's kind of just building that relationship like you would um, and noticing. And if you, you know, 
um, you know, hopefully if you have that relationship, you know, if you notice that maybe they're, um, uh, I don't know, maybe you're noticing, uh, that every other kid goes to Sunday school, but this kid doesn't kind of thing. You know, you can ask the parents like, oh, I noticed this, you know, is there, you know, is there any way we can, you know, you would like to have them go to Sunday school? Is there a way we can help with that? Or are they just better with you because they want to stay with you? You know, just those honest, open questions of kind of noticing that. Um, and again, hopefully having a relationship with them anyways to build off of. Yeah, I think that that's the key phrase right there. You have to know what's going on. You have to have that that relationship with that family in order to, one, help them minister so you can better minister to them. Like, so there, it, it, you have to go out, you kind of have to do go out on a limb and kind of maybe put yourself out there and maybe say the wrong thing. <laughs> and hopefully somebody's going to have enough grace to say, yeah, don't call it that. <laughs> yeah. And also with participation, there's like surface level stuff, like accessibility. That's always helpful. Um, so like, uh, you know, having, I don't know if you have, bulletins like large print um ramps like having maybe a sound system that like can help with a hearing aid um handicapped bathrooms are huge uh my sister Literally, is not toilet trained so we have to <laughs> <laughs> again my defense mechanism it's okay it's okay <laughs> um but really, though, like if you're crawling around on the floor, uh, having a nice big stall or a uh, unisex bathroom to do it in is great. <laughs> so obviously there's limitations. Every building has limitations. But those are things to notice. Yeah. Um, like I know at one of, my, one of the church, uh, my parents' old church, there was a, a little girl who used um, a walker, like with a wheels on it. Um, and for uh, in that church, the children like came up to the front and did a little children's sermon before going to Sunday school. Um, and that was at the top of the stairs to the stage and they were all there and she was at the bottom. And so he brought that up. It's like, Hey, you need to come down to her. She can't get up there. Like, you know, come, to, you know, so that's that surface stuff mm -hmm. of like, like that kind of thing is very helpful for, um, uh, participation too. Yeah. It's just so, it's so practical that you, you, <laughs> you just don't think about it on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's very, like, if it's one of those, if you're not in that world or not thinking in those terms, like, it, you, why would you notice? You don't yeah. need to use a ramp. Why would you notice if there was a ramp? I mean, to, to be quite honest with you, we, so my, the shop that I work for, uh, we actually just got pinged on a bunch of stuff on our one of our building inspections because we did not have a ramp going from one end of the building to the other. And in our defense, because we do skilled trades, I mean, there's not a lot of people with wheelchairs that would be in right. that building, but I mean, still they said, no, right. you have it's to have it. And then yep. you have to have the handicapped bathrooms. And yep. so yep. we, we yeah, built a ramp. A, yeah. Yep. Yep. And even with ADA, you can still scrape by with such minimum, which is annoying. <laughs> um, like there was, oh gosh, what was it? I think it was the entrance. I think the handicap entrance, it was to like a, a clinic building in my undergrad. Um, the handicap entrance, like to, with the ramp and elevator, didn't have um, an automatic, like a button to push to open the door. <laughs> and we're like, but they probably need that. 
uh, you know, because they're using that entrance. Yeah. So how did you miss that? <laughs> so, yeah, there's. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I've, I've already embarrassed myself enough. Jason, any final thoughts? <laughs> no, you got anything else for us, Christina? Um, a couple resources I found online. Yes, please. Uh, is the, this is just a couple. You can do some Googling and find stuff too. But um, it's called Key Ministry, like open the door key uh, ministry. And then Ability Ministry. I found those online. They had some pretty good stuff. Um, but again, your biggest resource is talking to the people in your church and talking to local organizations, reaching out to those families who might be really wary of trying a church again, and, you know, letting them know that, you know, we're all, you know, we're all a, pot a part of the body of God together. You know, we're, you know, we are all here to support each other. And even though your challenges and your victories are really different than ours, we can still celebrate, we can still comfort, you know, we can still be there um, for you as best as we can. That's awesome. Are you, how can people reach you, Christina? Um, are you in the Twitters? Uh, are you reachable? Uh, I mean, I have an Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't really, I had a Twitter and I deleted it. Cause Good for you. Start, it annoyed me. Yes. Yeah. That's why we're not so active on ours. Agreed. So much. <laughs> <laughs> I also got rid of mine. Hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, my Instagram is, it's okay. Well, uh, it's Stina Chew, like Pikachu, uh, <laughs> S-T-I-N-A-C-H-U. That's awesome. Uh, so that's that. So I'm not, I would say I'm not, uh, not in the public sphere all the time, so. <laughs> well, get ready to be. Uh, yeah. We make all oh, the yeah. podcasts oh, yeah. famous. They come on our show and then they blow up. <laughs> It's it's like it's like you get on Oprah and then you're super famous. Yeah, we're right. We're we're on par with Oprah. We are the two <laughs> white dudes of Oprah. <laughs> you're very Chicago. It's it's very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Christina, thank cool. thank you so much for coming on and and educating us and reaching out to us. Um, I am super appreciative. Yeah, this is yeah, this you're is welcome. Thank you so really much cool. for being on. The fact that you know our episodes, <laughs> and I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I drive, like I said during the break, I drive for work, and so I listen to a ton of podcasts. Um, and so I've just, you've just been on the docket. So <laughs> no, I think this has been extremely helpful and enlightening. It is. It has been another great interview. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, always, always keep, keep your stick, stick on the ice. ice. Thanks for spending some time with Alex and I today. It really does mean the world to us. If you'd like to reach out to us or participate in a future podcast, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter or at notyourpastorspodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app to catch future shows. Until then, toodles. Toodles.